1: Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. What a year this week has been, is a popular saying these days. The speed at which news and information happens tends to skew our perception of time. Yet, no matter how much occurs, the passage of time doesn't really change. It doesn't move faster simply because more is happening. But Heribert Illig didn't agree. He didn't think that time moved differently. He thought that it had been changed on purpose. Illig was born in Bavaria in 1947 and followed the teachings of Emanuel Velikovsky. Velikovsky believed that the Earth had been shaped by short but violent worldwide phenomena in a philosophy known as catastrophism. Illig and Velikovsky didn't ascribe to gradualism the idea that small incremental changes created the world's geography. As he became more active in the revisionist historical community, Illig began publishing his own theories about time. First and foremost, he believed the Middle Ages never happened. Despite the existence of numerous texts and other artifacts from the period, the years 614 to 911 AD never occurred. But if they didn't, then where did they go? The answer is what Illig referred to as the Phantom Time Hypothesis, and according to him, it's all because three world leaders conspired to dupe the public. Holy Roman Emperor Otto III didn't like the idea of his reign beginning in 996, or as all thought at the time, the year 703. Instead, he joined forces with Pope Sylvester II and Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII to reshape the calendar so it looked like they all ruled during that nice round number of 1000 AD. To accomplish their task, Illig claimed that these three monarchs changed specific documents, and even forged a few of their own, conjuring up fake historical events to reinforce the lie. One such fabrication was the Emperor Charlemagne, whose policies had been cited as the blueprints for much of Europe. In their version, he wasn't a real person, but a legendary figure, practically a myth, like King Arthur. As a result of their scheme, the historical record gained an extra 297 years, making the current year roughly 1722. He reasoned that a lack of earth-shattering events during that time meant those years could easily have been fudged by anyone with enough power and authority to do so. I mean, they're called the Dark Ages for a reason, right? And Illig believed that they were so dark, It didn't even happen. But he didn't stop there. He also noted that Romanesque architecture, a style that came into prominence in medieval Europe, appeared in Western Europe in the 10th century, long after it was believed the style had fallen out of favor. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, the calendar itself had been modified to cover up the gap. Pope Gregory discovered in 1582 that the Julian calendar, which had been the dominant calendar since 45 BC, Was roughly 11 minutes too long each year. The discrepancy amounted to an additional 13 days between the Roman era and 1582. To close the gap, Pope Gregory unveiled the Gregorian calendar, which we still use to this day. Except he didn't shorten the amount of time by 13 days like he should have. He only skipped 10 days, which accounted for the time from 45 BC up until 1282, not 1582, a 300-year period of time That went missing. It hasn't helped that modern historians have discovered documents that were forged by the Roman Catholic Church to appear as though they were written hundreds of years before they actually were. The faked records were such a huge problem in the 1980s, a worldwide conference was held to address them. And all of this has helped fuel Illig's fire since he first put forth his phantom time hypothesis in 1986. Since then, it's gained a small but devoted following who also believe in its validity even given the evidence, or lack thereof, supporting it. Although, most historians and archaeologists don't really pay Illig's theory much heed. After all, for every claim he makes, there's a reasonable explanation to refute it. For example, if Charlemagne were just a legend, then the monarchs who invented him would also have had to invent the history of Anglo-Saxon England, the Byzantine Empire, and the Islamic expansion throughout the former Roman Empire. A daunting feat, even for three world leaders. Unbelievable? Sure. But also more than a little curious.
0: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only,
1: wait for it,
0: Boy Meets World House.
1: Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Ooh. Thank you. Yes. When, those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. You're here already. No, uh, We didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. That's we the We didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God, You were both so good on the show and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. it. Or as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. begins. X marks the spot. Four words that conjure images of pirates and dotted lines painted on flimsy fabric. Just follow those lines until you reach a point in the sand and start digging, because somewhere out there is a treasure chest overflowing with gold and jewels just waiting to be discovered. But as books and movies have taught us, X never really marks the spot. There's always a conspiracy, a set of clues one must follow in order to find the real treasure that isn't so much buried as it is hidden thanks to time and obscurity. Thomas Beale captivated the world with a story of buried treasure in 1885. He had led 30 explorers from Virginia on a trek to a Spanish province just north of New Mexico. Today, we know it as Colorado, but back then it was a vast tract of land with a hidden secret. While hunting for buffalo, the men came across a mine teeming with precious metals. Their journey of exploration quickly turned into an 18-month mining operation. By the time they'd finished, they'd hauled thousands of pounds of gold and silver out of the mine. After that, Beale just needed to take it back to Virginia to bury it in a safe place. And he did just that, making several trips back and forth across the country until all the gold and silver was secured, all $43 million worth of it by today's estimates. Beale kept meticulous records of his party's haul. However, he needed to make sure the information about the treasure couldn't fall into the wrong hands. In 1822, he wrote down three separate pieces of information, the location of the treasure, a description of what he buried, and the names of the people who had helped him find it, as well as their next of kin. He placed the information in a metal box and handed it off to an innkeeper in Lynchburg, Virginia, named Robert Morris, a man he trusted to keep it safe. In the event Beale or one of his men failed to come back for the box within the next 10 years, Morris would be allowed to open it and claim the treasure for himself. Well, 23 years passed, and no one from the original mining crew, Beale included, ever showed up to collect the box. Morris opened it up and found three sheets of paper with the information about the treasure. Except for one thing. He couldn't read any of it. Beale had encrypted everything in a ciphertext, a method of concealing information using an algorithm called a cipher. The location, description, and list of contacts had all been obscured using three different ciphers, and Beale had not provided a key. He'd meant to, of course. Months after he deposited the box with Morris, he sent him a letter from St. Louis with word that a friend would be mailing the key soon. But it never arrived. Morris wasn't a codebreaker, so he held onto the box for a while before eventually giving it to a friend. A friend fancied himself a cryptographer of sorts, and managed to decode the second ciphertext, the description of the treasure, using the Declaration of Independence as the key. The two remaining texts proved more difficult to solve. Rather than ask someone else for help, he decided to crowdsource the efforts. He published the other ciphertexts in a widely distributed pamphlet called The Beale Papers. The Beale papers have become a code-breaking rite of passage, mainly because the two unsolved texts remain unbroken to this day. Some people have claimed them to be hoaxes, meant to keep people guessing. That the second text was so easily decoded is seen as incentive to keep working on the first and the third. But no expert, nor any supercomputer, has been able to decrypt either message. They've used all manner of possible keys, such as the Bible and the Constitution, but nothing has yielded such clear results as the Declaration of Independence did with the second text. The Beale Papers have been the subject of countless news stories, books, and documentaries over the years, with each one proposing new theories as to whether the ciphers are real or all just one big prank meant to fool the public. But even with enough evidence, the possibility that it's fake cannot squash the one thing keeping the legend alive. Hope. Hope. If there is a chance that millions of dollars in treasure is sitting in a vault somewhere waiting to be discovered, people are going to keep looking until they find it. Of course, if the story is fake, it wouldn't be the first time an empty vault has made national news. Just ask Al Capone. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities.